Welcome to the GDPR Stand Up Podcast, the only podcast dedicated to helping you succeed with GDPR compliance. Your host is Rocio Beza. She is a cybersecurity consultant that enjoys helping organizations with GDPR compliance. Yes, the internet holds plenty of free information about GDPR. However, it's usually filled with lots of jargon and complexity. It's not obvious, but the status quo is placing consumers, yes, you and me, in a vulnerable position. Rocio is on a mission to change that. Let's get started. Hey, everyone, and welcome. I'm Rocio Baeza, and I'd like to welcome you to today's episode at the GDPR Stand-Up Podcast. I am Rocio Baeza, and I'm so glad that you have decided to join us. So if you are a new listener, welcome. You are not uh, too far behind. We, uh, we launched the podcast here back in 2018. We're several episodes in and uh, just want to welcome you. Thank you for deciding to spend time with us. Just keep in mind, we do release episodes on a weekly basis. They go out on Sundays and they are available on multiple platforms. So you might be watching the video feed over YouTube. And if you prefer to do the audio, then you can find that on the iTunes platform or Stitcher and even the Google Play platform. And uh, just uh, to make it clear, so our goal here with the GDPR Stand-Up Podcast is basically we're the only podcast that is dedicated to help you succeed when it comes with to GDPR compliance. My name is Rocio Baeza, and let's go ahead and transition over to today's topic. So today's session is part of a two-part series that started last week with the previous episode. We are doing a quick summary of the GDPR. And so um, if you're not familiar with this resource, so I have a resource that I put together. It's called the 10 GDPR components. And this is a resource that I put together for myself when I was just starting to learn more about GDPR. So just as a background story, uh, I felt like it was challenging for me to remember the breadth of GDPR. And I put together a resource to basically break that out into chunks so that it was easier for me to remember that. And I called that document the GDPR components. In the previous episode, we covered the first five of the components. And in today's episode, we are going to cover the last five. All right, now I realize that you may be uh, listening to this podcast and this may be the first episode that you are listening to. So just to make sure that we're all on the same page, I'm going to start off with reading some definitions. So uh, different organizations are motivated to uh, comply with GDPR for different reasons. GDPR is a law, and for that reason, it definitely makes sense to involve legal counsel uh, for this initiative. I am not a lawyer. I'm a cybersecurity consultant. I am a GDPR consultant, and I help organizations understand what applies to them and figure out 
all right, how do you actually tie all the pieces together? But because GDPR is a law, it's a regulation, you should be consulting with your legal counsel so that you have the best information for your organization. GDPR applies to specific types of data. It applies to personal data that is tied to a person that is living in the EU, the European Union, or a person that is living in the EU, the European Union. And if there is one thing that you take away from today's episode, just let it be this. GDPR is broad. There's lots of requirements. But the same way that organizations are different, we, use, we have different structures, we use different technologies, we have different processes. The same way that organizations are different, GDPR compliance plans will vary from organization to organization. And the only way that you, you can correctly identify what are the GDPR requirements that apply to your organization is dependent on the data that you hold, where that data is coming from, and how the data is used internally. Okay, and so just to quickly recap the five components that we covered last week, I'm just going to read them off. And if you want to understand that at a deeper level, please uh, go back and listen to the previous episode. So the first 10 GDPR, I'm sorry, the first five GDPR components are one, the data protection officer, two, internal record keeping, three, privacy policy, four, third party contracts, and five, consent mechanisms. And I should also mention if you want to see a copy of this document, the 10 GDPR components, you can find that on our website and that's at gdprstandup.com. Okay. So let's continue on with the last five components. And we're gonna start off with number five, and that one is data management support. Now, when I put together this resource, that's, that, that's what I called it, but as time has gone on, I think that a better label for this component is actually individual rights, because what I mean with this component is GDPR affords a number of data privacy rights to individuals. Think uh, uh, individual rights to access, corrections, uh, erasure, or the right to be forgotten. Uh, the right, uh, individual rights around uh, the, restri the restriction of how personal data is processed. Um, there's also individual rights around data portability. You can actually object to how your data is being processed, your personal data is being processed and uh, some forms of automated decision making. Now, with individual rights, I think the key things that we wanna cover here is that think of it as this is a set of features and processes that will allow individuals the ability to submit a request to exercise any of these rights and these rights are with respect to the use of personal data held about them. I think it's important to clarify that the individual rights that are afforded under GDPR, they apply to personal data. 
they do not apply to all data that an organization has and is tied to a person. Let's take an example. Say we have a business and they store information about people, right? Uh, here, I think a very good example that we can all be uh, able to follow is, uh, let's take Amazon. Amazon uh, provides a number of services, right? And if you want to shop at amazon.com, you have to create an account. You provide your email address, you set up a username and password, and you have the ability to uh, uh, order things online and they can be shipped to your home. Amazon would have information about you as a person. Think name, think email address, think shipping address, things like that. Amazon will also have additional information about you, say your order history, say the products that you viewed online, things like that. Um, and some of these data points would be considered to be personal data. Think name, think address, think email address. But there's other pieces of information that Amazon will be creating or will be holding that would be tied to you, but it wouldn't be cl uh, classified as personal data. And examples of that would, would be, uh, say, your shopping cart history, um, any type of uh, page views that you have uh, had on the website. So I just want you to keep that in mind. An organization will have lots of information. Some of it will be classified as personal data and other forms of information will not be classified as forms of personal data. And when we're talking about these individual rights, these are strictly under the GDPR, these are strictly applicable to data that has been classified as personal data. So again, let's walk through the uh, 10 in the individual rights. And I'm just going to briefly uh, state what, how they differ. The first one is uh, the individual right to access. So think of, uh, of this as a person being able to request an organization to know what personal data you hold about them. In our case of Amazon, you as a consumer, you can, um, under G GDPR, you would be able to ask Amazon to provide you with access to personal data that they hold about you. Then the next one is individual rights around uh, corrections. So continuing on with our example, if you see that Amazon has incorrect information about you, say your email address, say your telephone, you have the right to request for that, for that personal data to be reviewed, and you should have the opportunity to correct that. The, the next one is the right to erasure or right to be forgotten. And this is basically individuals are able to request to delete personal data um, from an organization. This is one that I think it makes sense to, to go a little bit deeper on. Again, this, these rights are, uh, they apply to personal data. So in the example of Amazon, you 
may be able to exercise your right to be for, forgotten and that will apply to your personal data but Amazon is not obligated to delete any other data that is not classified as personal data and so so depending on how Amazon has structured their GDPR compliance program I would say it, it's reasonable for them not to if they are processing a right, a right to be forgotten they're not obligated and it would be reasonable for them not to delete every piece of information that is tied to you, especially if it's not personal information. Let's move on to the next one. And the next one is uh, the right to restrict processing. So you as a person, you have the ability to request that your personal data be used only for very specific reasons. The next one here is on data portability. You as an individual have the right to request that personal data that an organization holds about you that you can easily extract that and then be able to port it, to move it and provide it to another organization. And the idea here is to make it easier for the consumer to basically shop around and do business with multiple organizations. Uh, we have two more here, the, the right to objections and the right to automated deci decision making. So again, this idea that you, you have control over how your personal da data can, can be used. And if there is any decision making that is automated, you have the right to request that your personal data be, uh, be reviewed by a person as opposed to an automated uh, means. All right, so that covers uh, GDPR component number five. Let's move on to note number six. Number six would, would be operationalized information security pro program. Now, I was very intentional with the label that I used here. The very intentional word that I place here is operationalized. Uh, in, in my years of being in the cybersecurity space, I have time and time again seen how lots of organizations have a documented information security program. And this is typically in the form of policy, training, and processes. But unfortunately, it's very common to see that this program is documented, and that's the extent that these programs are taken. In other words, this program sits in a document, sits in the document, in a policy, but there is no real understanding by employees what that actually means to them. So when I'm talking about an information security program in the context of GDPR, it's important to clarify that this needs to be operationalized. And think of it as just a number of activities of practices that are geared around protecting personal data. This includes a collection of activities that define information security requirements and supporting activities to operationalize that across the company. And again, think policy. So this is the document that defines what the company-wide security requirements are. The next component here would be training. So we, would, we wanna make sure that we're educating employees and contractors so that they understand what security requirements apply to them based on the work that they have, based on their responsibilities, what they have access to, what data they work with. We want to educate the workforce so that they understand, all right, I have the policy, I have it here in front of me, but I need you to 
teach me, to educate me what that means for me, for my day-to-day -day work. And the last dimension here is processes. So this idea of operationalize the security requirements into step-by-step into -step processes, the same way that a business depends on people, it depends on technology, and it depends on processes to tie everything together. We also need processes to tie together what the information security policy is calling for. All right, so that is number six. Let's move on to number seven. So GDPR component number seven is going to be on breach not notification. And this is basically this idea of reporting any event where personal data has been breached. And this would be reported to supervisory authorities, think regulators. And, and de depending on the extent of the incident, uh, you may also have to notify affected individuals. And this, uh, this component here uh, includes things like being able to monitor for breaches, being able to detect them, review them, doc document that this event happened, and notify uh, those that need to be notified of this security event. The next GDPR component is going to be uh, this idea of demonstrating compliance. Now, with GDPR, the accountability principle is very important. So it basically calls for organizations to be able to demonstrate that they understand what their GDPR responsibilities are and that they are able to demonstrate that they are complying with those responsibilities. So in order to meet this, we really need a set of internal governance structures to demonstrate for GDPR compliance. And how do you do that? You do that by performing reviews of your program and maintaining documentation of these governance measures. I like to say that if it's not do documented in the eyes of an auditor, in the eyes of so someone from, from the outside, in the eyes of regulators, it hasn't happened. So it's very important that with GDPR, you, you have a system in place to document what your responsibilities are and to document that um, you're actually doing what you say that you are doing. And if you ever need to provide evidence to support that, you know exactly how to do that. All right, and the last one here is going to be uh, GDPR component in number 10. I think I was off with my numbers. If, if I, I was, I'm sorry. And the last one here is just paying the data protection fee. So this is a fee that is uh, put in place just to ensure the funding of the uh, of, of the organizations that are tasked with enforcing and monitoring for GDPR. I am a big fan of this requirement because I feel like if, if you're being asked to do something, it's probably very likely, more likely for you to do it if there's pain for you not doing it. I think the best example of this is think of a speeding ticket right? So depending on where we live and where we're driving, we usually have to abide by a certain speed limit. And when we know that if we're not following that speed limit and we are going faster than we're supposed to, there's this risk of getting a ticket. And these tickets are usually in the form where if you get a ticket, like it's actually, it, it's going to hurt. 
And because it's going to hurt, you are going to change your behavior so you don't have to worry about these tickets. So I think the same way that when, uh, when something impacts our bottom line, our pockets, we are more likely to pay attention. And I think that with the inclusion of, of this data protection fee, I think regulators are being very thoughtful in just sending a, a very strong message that, hey, we expect you to comply and and by 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 asking for these fees we are able to collectively uh, fund the important work that goes behind enforcing gdpr all right so that covers the last set of the 10 gdpr components again if you want a free download of the resource you can get that on our website at gdprstandup.com all right, so that basically, um, we are ready to wind down our episode for today. And I first wanna give you a preview for next, next week. And after covering that, I'm also going to point you to another resource that I think will be helpful to you. So for next week, uh, we're going to be looking at the similarities between GDPR and how we prepare our taxes here in the US. I was actually with my accountant last weekend doing exactly that. And as I was in her office, I was realizing, oh, wow, like just the way that things are structured, I feel like that's very similar to GDPR. And I think that if I talk about GDPR in those terms, I think it'll, it'll be helpful uh, for those listeners that are familiar with how we prepare our taxes here in the U.S. If you are not in the us then this next next week's episode will be a good preview into how that actually works so stay tuned for that and a there's actually another resource that i want to point you to it is called the gdpr implementation blueprint think of this as that step-by-step -step process that you would follow that you would follow on your journey to helping your organization comply with the GDPR. I've been in the cybersecurity space for many years. I, uh, I, I am riding the GDPR wave and just take, taking my learnings uh, in my profession, uh, taking uh, what has worked and, and getting rid of what ha hasn't worked, I feel like I've come up with a, a very good process with implementing a program like GDPR. And if this is something that you are responsible for at your organization, uh, I would invite you to please check it out. And you can get that at gdprstandup.com and click on where it says the GDPR implementation blueprint. All right, that's basically it for today's episode. Thank you very much for listening, for watching, if you're watching us on YouTube, and we'll see you next time. Goodbye. Hey there, wait, wait, before you close out the episode, I want to quickly share, I recently started a virtual community to help professionals like you on your journey with GDPR compliance. Now, when I got started with the cybersecurity space, I found myself uh, doing lots of, of reading, Google searches, and trying to find information. I oftentimes had to uh, do a lot of investigation before I was able to uh, figure out, uh, 
okay, what's my next step? Or how do I address this problem that I'm facing? And I want to, I, I, I want to provide you the resource that I wish I had as I was learning this. If, if this sounds interesting, I invite you to learn more about this virtual community. And you can do that by going to our website, gdprstandup.com and clicking on the button that says, click to join our virtual community. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening to the GDPR Stand Up Podcast. If you need additional help, please check us out at gdprstandup.com. Until next time.